0: Malibu and Coke in the right uh, circumstances, yeah. Oh, I could actually. We're recording, <laughs> recording. should we just go with it? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Malhammer podcast, episode 52. Just having a conversation about uh, classic uh, teenage beverages. There, how you doing now? I'm all right, thanks. Good, <laughs> I'm Mal here with El as always. Uh, you went to some gigs this week, what have you been doing?
1: Yes, I went to see. Cancer Bats, Bleed From Within, and Underside at the 100 Club. Fucking A. It was the best Saturday night. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me?
0: Because <laughs> I thought you were going to go a bit further than that. but it was just, it No, was no that's, a, that's my review. Not of the year, not of the month, the week, just the best Saturday night.
1: So, Underside opened up. Actually, I should say, this tour has been going around the UK for three weeks. It's been extensive, hasn't it? Yeah, three weeks, um, something like 21 dates. I mean, cancer bats call themselves road dogs before. This is literally like yeah. the definition. And it's, they, they that, were over quite late last year as well,
0: weren't they? Yeah, they've been over to the UK. I they actually know.
1: said on stage they've been over to the UK something stupid like five times in a year or two years or something. Mm. They keep coming back to the UK because they cause do cause have a, a fan base here. Exactly. And some of you might remember last November I went to Silence Festival in Nepal, which is organised by the band Underside. Bit of background on that. They've been organising a festival for I think six or seven years at this point. They had to have a break in 2015 when there was an earthquake in Nepal and they'd be building up the metal community over there and having this event every year, which is very difficult to do because not everyone in Nepal understands the value of metal. Mm-hmm. They have to get a lot of people on board, a lot of local officials on board to have this festival. So beyond that, they're just a really good band. Uh, they had Cancer Bats Headline Science Festival last year, and this time they've gone on a tour around the UK. So they're like BFFs for life. Exactly that. And it was so good to see Unassigned play 100 Club. It was so good, because they really, really deserve to be there. And despite being on the road for three weeks, this was the last day of the tour, everyone was still super, super stoked to be there, which was the best thing ever. Awesome. So... I could probably gush on for ages about on side, but just go and listen to them. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant band. Really good they. They have a dancing demon on stage called a lackey, I think mm-hmm. it is. might pronounce that wrong. We have got a picture of it in the current Metal Hammer. Go check that out. And they've got so much energy and enthusiasm and passion and they really want to be there and they really want to go for it. And it's like they're seizing every opportunity they've got and giving it their best shot, basically. You know, they want to be... An internationally known metal band, and they should be because they're exceptionally talented. Like I said, they're exceptionally passionate. They bring in these other traditional elements like the dancing demon, and I think they've probably got a few things planned for the next record. Plus, they have a song about a Tibetan sky burial where the corpse is. A sky burial? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> where, the, where the corpse is like sort of cut up into pieces and then the vultures come down and feast on it.
0: I mean, what's more metal than that? I think I've got that right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, wow. They just,
1: they just scream buried in the sky over and over again, over like a proper metal riff.
0: That is... Yeah, I've, I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> the most metal thing I've heard a week. It's wow. really good. Cut the body up and give it to the vultures. Amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, yeah, you know, Tibet's not too far away from...
0: But what about... Uh, what about Living Within? Did you catch them? I did. Because I fucking love that band and picked um picked their last album as my kind of I guess underrated album of the year for last yeah, year. Yeah,
1: and I can see why. Um, they were good. It, again, they had a lot of energy. They came out, they did their thing, they went off stage, and everyone was very involved. There was a poor guy who got out of the crowd and got on stage and very enthusiastically threw himself off and just face planted. No. Yes. No, not yes. face-planting
0: stage diver, come on. Uh,
1: I mean, I don't think the 100 a classic Club...
0: classic of the genre.
1: I don't think the 100 Club is the place to do it, because...
0: Yeah, I always find the 100 Club's a bit of a funny vibe. It's a funny vibe, which I don't maybe it's the shape, it because it's...
1: Yeah, the shape, so obviously we're being a bit London-centric here. Yeah, sorry. But it's like... It's lively. quite an iconic
0: club, though, isn't it? I think Rolling Stones played there once and all Yeah, that
1: so. so basically they have pictures all over the walls of all the bands who've played there in their history. It's a very iconic venue, and it's like a long horizontal rectangle with pillars in the way, which on paper sounds shit. <laughs> but because of the history, um, you do feel something when you walk in there, and the fact that it is sort of a long rectangle means that you're always close to the stage, even if you're standing back. Um, where am I going with this? So yeah, um, the one hundred guy me. face planted. But uh, what I would say is that. They are, it was a really good show, it was a really good performance, Um, but I feel like some of it's a bit one paced or a bit one tone. Right. And this is my shitty, shitty memory here, so sorry about this guys. The last two songs I really enjoyed because they had a lot more groove and a lot more melody, and a lot more to kind of get stuck into. Mm. The rest of it was great for sort of a mosh. And, you know, like I said, there was no shortage of enthusiasm there. And people were very into it. But I just feel like maybe it was a bit too, yeah, a bit too one pace. I could have done with yeah. a bit of variation. I think maybe, you know, especially after sort of seeing a demon on a stage and hearing a few more melodic bits, I'd like to hear a little bit more variations on those songs. And the last couple of songs they did were just really, I was a lot more into them. I wonder if that and I one can't remember what they were. I to. think Alive is one of their new
0: tracks they play quite a lot but near the end. But I could be chatting shit. I'm just gonna
1: blame my chest infection for everything, so. How, uh, (laughs) I don't, do I need to ask how cancer bats were? Just awesome, yeah. I mean, they just, being a bit sweary today, they just ripped the shit out of everything. (laughs) Rude. Uh, The nice thing was, it was Liam's birthday, and he said on stage that he timed this show especially to coincide with his birthday. Really? Yeah, I don't know if that's true or not, but it wouldn't surprise me. Saturday night, London show. I'd, I'd be
0: amazed if he uh, <laughs> could specifically get an entire tour rooted around. But yeah, I mean... If he did, fair fucking play.
1: I'm not talking about a whole tour rooted around everywhere, but um, he. it was just great because there was that real party vibe. Again, after three weeks on the road, I'd be fucked. But, you know, they were going for it. Uh, Jay, their bassist, he was sort of like wearing these middle America, American South dungarees and sort of like had a wow. naked chest and these sort of dungarees and these like mad eyes. He, his had like crazy eyes. Like
0: oh, he's in a sexy farmer calendar. Yeah, sec- that's exactly what it was.
1: <laughs> Jay, if you're listening to this, you could do a farm pinup
0: calendar. That would uh, be good, wouldn't it? Please don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they had a stand-in... Well, drummer. please do, I'm sure. Plenty they had a stand-in know. drummer because uh, their drummer... I'm sorry, I'm full of chest infection.
0: <coughs> Come on now, keep it their together. Their drummer
1: is uh, away right now. He's just had a baby. So they had a, a mate filling in He was really good. And learned everything really well. Uh, Scott's always a good shout. He's just, you know, he is... The, he just... Good the, shout. No, he's, he's just cool, isn't he? You know, he just gets yeah. on stage and plays and you know, behind his hair yeah, exactly. and he's just a cool guy. He's an Arsenal
0: fan though, sadly, so
1: I don't care. Well. And Liam super hyped for his birthday, running around everywhere, throwing himself about. And towards the end, Underside came on with a pizza, which apparently is some kind of tour tradition for his birthday, he always has birthday takeaway. And they, uh, a couple of undersigned members got on and played with them, and it was just a big party at the end. There was just a very cool party vibe, and they did all the hits as well, you know.
0: Awesome. I mean, uh, if there's ever been a bad Cancer Bats gig, I've not seen it or heard of it, so.
1: It's just so good and so PMA. Like, if you're just feeling like total shit, if you put on Cancer Bats, it's gonna raise your mood by at least yeah, 50%. Just...
0: I get that they're, they're like a national treasure for the Metallic hardcore scene, aren't they? Just so, so great. But
1: you know, they were just being announced for Bloodstock as well. Yeah.
0: So. Oh, I'm getting to that, I've got it down for the new segment.
1: Oh, I was just going to say they can fit, fit in anywhere. Coming back again
0: to because the it, UK. Oh,
1: shall I finish up now? Are you raring to go? No, you go for it. You go for it. I was just going to say, at, <laughs> at the Silence. <laughs> The organisers side on side, they're a bit worried about bringing in cancer parts because people in Nepal didn't know them too right. well and they're not metal metal. They are, like you said, more metallic hardcore. But again, I think they can go to different situations, different countries, different venues, different festivals. and Because of that energy, they can win people over because you can't not have a reaction to that. You can't mm. just stand still and not respond. There's some part of your body that is moving or doing something.
0: Killer, killer. I'm envious. Well, uh, I went to a gig as well slightly, Did you go slightly to further well, away um, and the reason that I have to say I, I, despite what we've about to talk about being excellent I'm genuinely gutted I had to miss uh, Behemoth at the gates and what was in the throne room tear the London Forum to shreds by the sound of it I mean, and I, I, also I know so it. many people that went and everyone said it was incredible and it just it looked for all the world like an absolute triumph it looked like
1: a milestone gig didn't yeah, it? we like both missed it so proper pivotal moment for the extreme metal people. scene
0: yeah, shedding all our metal points, but the reason is uh, I was away. I was in Paris, um, and I went to see Ghost for the I feel like the 80th time in the last couple of years or something. Um, so we, yeah, we talked about Ghost. We saw them at the Royal Albert Hall. and we, we went quite far into that uh, on this very podcast, so you can skip back a couple of months if you want to hear that review because it was effectively the same show. Um, they did it in two parts again. They did the same set list. Once again, it flew by, once again, it felt like, you know, I think they literally played about 18 songs or something, maybe 20 plus, and they all just sounded great. Um, What made this different was firstly, that it was a bigger venue. So there was more kind of fiery pyro, if you know what I mean. Fiery pyro? Well, you know what I mean. So not just like kind of glitter (laughs) and smoke and steam and confetti, that was like some proper, like heavy metal fire going up as well. The set was a bit bigger. I heard from a, a, a very tired roadie after the gig that it takes four hours to take their set down. That oh, big can you imagine? Kind of chapel-esque um, setup they've got going on. They, just, um, they deserve a prize. They really do. They really do. Uh, but yeah, and, uh, it, it, was just, it was just brilliant. And, what, and the other thing that really made it different, that's what I was going to say, was that it was in front of uh, an arena crowd that was over 9,000 people uh, at this gig called the Zenith in, Le Zenith in Paris. Um, say that again le zenith and uh, <laughs> that wasn't too bad come on man no that was GCSE French um but yeah so uh it's one you know we've seen him over here at the forum we've seen him at the British Academy we've seen him I think but they were main support to Alice in Chains at Alexandra Palace is that right or maybe it was a co-headliner. Yeah,
1: yeah, we've seen him. So we've kind of
0: seen him, you know, headline Bloodstock over here as well. It but was I not think... a
1: co-headliner. It was definitely support. Support. Okay. yeah
0: Well, we've seen them headline Bloodstock as well. So we've seen them kind of go up and up in the in the rankings and the venues over here get bigger and bigger. But the real telling point is when you can go to a different territory for one of them less wanky words and go and risky. go and see them um, in a slightly different environment and people were going fucking ballistic for them was anyone like was dressed so up and stuff. yeah people were sense? dressed up there were nuns there were papas there were a couple of cardinals lots of ghouls um, and, and once again I know this is a very ongoing debate with Ghost I would say the crowd was at least 70-75% certified card carrying metal heads um, you know it just was I don't know what else to say about it um, but yeah it was just fucking great and uh, I can't get enough of them and I can't wait to see them with Metallica. And we may have done some other stuff with the band while we were over there that we will be revealing very, very soon in a future issue of Metal Hammer. Did you see March first? Did,
1: <laughs> did you see any merch? I really want a plush rat.
0: Yeah, they just no, they didn't have any plush rats, oh, but they just it. they just um, introduced this uh like clockwork orange. I think i might to show you like a clockwork yeah. orange rip tea it's very cool it's so good it's so good i got i got a, a, a event tea that had paris on the back because i'm a wanker and i wanted to oh, show that's off yeah i wanted to show oh, off. oh okay so it wasn't
1: just for your own personal pleasure no
0: just wanted to <laughs> rub it in that i got so to, to go somewhere else but yeah, yeah it was brilliant um yeah i think that's enough for that because we've done we've done ghost loads but just seeing the same Plush thing press. Press. Be 10 out of 10 but in front of a massive crowd that was absolutely hanging off everything they did and dancing. If people were crowd surfing, it was it was proper. It was really really good. slashbacks It was it put me in the mood for celebration. And what celebrating week has been for metal. Nice. Did you ever think this sentence will come out of anyone's mouth? High on fire have won a Grammy.
1: Yeah no I didn't. What the fuck? Yeah. How amazing is that? That's pretty cool.
0: Twenty years into their career um, just one of the coolest, heaviest bands going uh, obviously, Matt Pike is one of the most instrumental names in, I don't know if you'd say the underground, but certainly in the kind of heavier side of metal uh, history, and now he's got a Grammy sitting on his shelf, I presume. Yeah. I don't know where he might have put it. He might have put it in his toilet all I know. But um, yeah, just totally caught me by surprise, to be honest, and yeah, not, not necessarily it. in a negative way, but I think, uh, you know, the other metal nominees were Trivium, Death Heaven, Under Oath, Between the Buried and Me. We talked about how it kind of felt like it might be Trivium's year, and I think a lot of the goodwill from the metal scene was kind of like rooting for Trivium this time out. Yeah. Um, but High on Fire running a Grammy is mental. It's right? very In cool. In the very best way.
1: It's very cool because, you know, they are a band that just put out good music over and over again and just live the lifestyle as well, and it's... It's just cool. That Pike's to be... on that
0: with his, that his toe dropped off. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he had an infection. He yeah. was on tour and didn't get and a And he just didn't bother him. doing he anything about that. He just got lost it. his toe. So it's fucking toe But toe yeah, live, they live the lifestyle and that's who they are and it's cool for someone to be rewarded with a Grammy for just doing what they do.
0: Yeah, and it, it's a weird one because, I mean, you know, the, last, the most recent stuff has been good and, and everything else. I think you... I The thing is with the Grammys that we've talked about is that sometimes they pick out bands and you kind of think why that why now like why are you picking out High on Fire now like is it because their latest album is the best thing they've done is it because there's a feeling that they've kind of broken over to another level that they weren't at before those are the kind of questions I think get asked about the Grammys and with High on Fire I'm not so sure that's the case like again I wouldn't compare it to their year to the year that know, Trivium had, that Ghost had, even that Death Heaven had, to be fair. Well, Certainly not the year that Greta Van Fleet had, they won the Rock Grammy and I kind of feel like you can't really argue with that. But it's like, like
1: when Mastodon won, because obviously they should yeah, exactly. They should win because they're awesome, but it was that thing again of like, why now, why not like five years ago, why yeah. not ten years ago? It's a bit confusing to work out why they made the decisions they do. They do,
0: yeah. But, you know, at the same time, I don't think anyone that can possibly argue that Matt Pike deserves the highest level of accolade that Could be given to it for what he's done um, in the metal scene, so it's cool. I'm all for it, um, and yeah, like I said, Greta Van Fleet winning Best Rock Album. I'm not bothered about him. Kind of hoped Ghost would have won that, but Ghost already have a Grammy, so it's fine.
1: Yeah, fuck it, and two nominations. Yeah,
0: very, very true. What else has been going on?
1: I thought you were going to tell me.
0: Oh right, well then, Aussie's uh, out of intensive care and he's quote doing great, so that's good. Yeah. Shout out to the Aussies. Uh, I think he's uh, he's back on the road to recovery, which is good. Um, those dates should be uh, rescheduled with Judas Priest for some time later this year if they haven't been already. Um, yeah, always good to hear the Aussies. Back on it, he said that he's had a, a year of shit or something, didn't he? The other month, the other week,
1: Bad, you just feel sorry for him. Yeah. No one deserves
0: that. He's just not having a good time, but he's back on the he's back on the mend, and uh, hopefully he'll be back up. So what I thought was a really really decent high level of performance again on his recent dates. So cool. Look forward to getting the fuck back out on the road.
1: Good times. Cover start, Aussie.
0: Yes, recent cover start, Aussie. <laughs>
1: Well, Barry Tomorrow have announced on the UK tour. Yeah, December. speaking of bands that are just smashing
0: it on the live circuit all the time. Yeah, December.
1: They play in the Roundhouse in London. The Roundhouse, yeah. And where else the rest of the country?
0: Uh, being a London-centred dickhead, <laughs> I don't know. But you can go on to metalhammer.co.uk to find out all the dates. Um, yeah, I mean, we talk about a lot that, you know, metal's on fire right now. Parkway saw that, Ali Pali, Architects, just in Wembley, Behemoth saw that at the Forum. Um, While She Sleeps we've just signed out The Roundhouse as well, speaking of The Roundhouse, how great is that? Uh, Barry Tomorrow I just feel like a kind of like, well I was going to say The Great Unsung, but we've... We've sung. Yeah, we've sung around a lot. Uh, We've, you know, (laughs) Wellham has always been a big fan of that band, but they've never quite felt like the band that like, the scene has planted its flag in, in the same way as other bands, and yet they're playing, they're playing the fucking Roundhouse. So I'm it's very amazing. excited. they like, worked really hard. We looked it up and that's a, like, what, 5,000 people or something? Which is it. just immense, isn't it?
1: Yeah, no, it's amazing. I think it's like slightly under 5,000. It's 5,000. But it's oh, yeah. such a cool place to do a show as well. Again, we keep mentioning this because we do live in London, so we're a bit London-centric. But it's one of these venues that has got this prestigious... Feel about it's it. It's my favorite venue in London. It's like it is literally around. It's like an old engine shed, and it's just got a cool vibe.
0: Yeah, and it's like you just get an amazing view of it wherever you are. It's fucking awesome. But yeah, they're playing seven so shows in the UK in December. Uh, they're also playing Rock City, uh, Cardiff E Plus. I think that's how you say that. Uh, Portsmouth Pyramid <laughs> Centre, great. Manchester Academy. A few other dates. So yeah. Uh, Shout out Barry tomorrow Because they are back On a tear And I cannot wait I couldn't get to the last one So I'm going to get to this one I'm excited Fuck you You only have Nine months to wait Or something
1: Oh But that's good though Because it's nice To have something to look forward to Yes Yes That's right
0: Yes it is It'd be like Uh, A Christmas treat (laughs) What's more festive Than British metalcore Yeah more bands for Bloodstock, Cancer Bats we just mentioned. Uh, that that'll be great, I think. Cancer Bats for Bloodstock, yeah. Raging Speedhorn, Shapes, Tucker and Resin. That lineup is looking absolutely stacked. Can't wait for that. Um, haven't noticed any particular shitstorms about these latest... No, I have a <laughs> little friends. paper around
1: the Bloodstock Facebook page, but actually everyone seems pretty calm, I think, the right, yeah. Bile was reserved for partway drive.
0: Yeah, or maybe it was reserved for our, uh, our piece by Stephen Hill on the website this week. Maybe it was. Yeah. Uh, if, you have, if you haven't read Stephen Hill's very, very uh, decent piece about um, why the female perspective in the metal scene is kind of the most interesting thing happening in metal right now, go read it. And then... Um, if you feel like commenting on the Facebook post, go for it. Because a lot of other people have. There are opinions. Maybe we should leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear.
1: I mean, I don't know. Do we want to talk about it? Do we want to say?
0: Well, we've we've kind of covered um, sexism in the battle scene. I don't yeah. mean that that means it's done now. We never need to do it again. But it was a little. Speaking as a man, I I've, I've found it dis- disheartening to... I should probably to... say
1: that Steve's piece wasn't about sexism specifically. No, it wasn't. Exactly. Steve was saying it's good that there are a lot of bands at the moment with women taking a prominent role in them, which are bringing new perspectives to metal. So people are writing about... And this is the thing maybe he didn't say specifically, which is very interesting is that some of those women are writing about women's lived experiences. Obviously, there's a lot of bands in metal that write about universal experiences and a lot of stuff you can identify with. Or, you know, maybe just stuff that's fantasy that you like. It doesn't always have to be, you know, personal, real stuff. But metal's very diverse and there are a lot of different things going on there. But some of the newer bands around now are specifically talking about experiences Um, like sexism or rape or, um, you know, what it's like to try and get a job. Just kind of topics that maybe you wouldn't traditionally associate with metal and that are coming from a woman's perspective. And obviously a lot of people will also say there's been women around in metal for ages, and that's very, very true. And there are bands like In This Moment who've addressed sexism and what it's like to be a woman... um, you know, there are, there are other bands who've done this, but at the moment, particularly in England as well, there seems to be a lot of people writing lyrics which show the perspective that maybe has been lacking in the past. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's kind of what he was getting at, yeah. that these voices are coming to the fore that weren't there before, yeah. or weren't being heard before.
0: That's not what the internet thought. <laughs> no. No, not, uh, yeah, as, as with all things, uh, and you know, it is effectively an opinion piece, it's Steve's opinion that this is a great thing. I mean, I, I share that opinion. Um, a lot of people on our Facebook did share that opinion. A lot of people seem to take it as an opportunity to just, I don't know, accuse it of being polit- political point scoring, which I find a bizarre yeah, thing to point out. I thought and just, we were
1: trying to be social justice warriors and yeah. get a virtue signal by right. putting something up. And I think it was more just going, hey, this is good, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, look, you know. this is
0: something a little, this is offering a slightly different, like you said, perspective in metal. This is cool. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, if, I think the worst thing was just seeing women come onto the Facebook page and say, well, and again, this isn't really what the original post was getting at, but kind of saying... Well, this is my experience with women and, I think, uh, and I've gone through this and this is why we need to recognise different perspectives and we need to recognise that there's still an issue in the metal scene. And then you see like 50 blokes jump on and go, No! No! Yeah. You're wrong! You're wrong! When's
1: man ever oppressed you? Shut up! It's just like, yeah. fuck me! There was a bit of a bloodbath on
0: there. A bit of a bloodbath on there. But um, we've, uh, a couple of uh, people that were mentioned in the piece have been in touch with us about um, uh, kind of continuing this deb- this debate and this discussion forward. So we're going to do some more stuff on it, I think. Which yeah.
1: Is cute. Be nice to each other, please. Yeah, like we said at the end
0: of last week with the Parkway thing. Can
1: everyone just fucking be
0: nice to each other? Jesus Christ. Let's just enjoy some metal and celebrate good bands. That's what we're all about and that's what that piece was about. So. Ugh. Listen to Spalbard and A.A. Williams. Those are two that, that were in there that I particularly have been jamming a lot of recently. Shall we take some reader questions? Okay. From our nice readers who don't ever... <laughs> our readers are always nice to us and don't come being me. So we like you. <laughs> Our listeners and readers are lovely. www.facebook.com forward slash Well done, Melon.
1: I haven't fucked up for like six months. No, I know. It's really good now. <laughs> Naomi Sanders asks, Metal to the Masses is starting up. What are your thoughts on the whole competition?
0: Um, so this is Bloodstock's Metal to the Masses. This is a, a regular kind of band tournament, I guess you could call it.
1: Yeah, is it like a knockout tournament? It is a tournament, so you get knocked out yeah, exactly. at each stage, yeah.
0: Um, and the winning band gets to play i think it's fantastic i think it's a brilliant drive um, to help discover young bands it has been uk-centric but it's kind of moved over to parts of europe and stuff in recent times um, yeah i think bloodstock do a fantastic job of, of shining a light on on young bands in the metal scene so what, what could be better and i've been to uh, i live quite close to big red which is one of the flagship metal bars in um, in london and i've been down there to check out some of the prelims and some good shit coming into that tournament this
1: year. Yeah, I saw the final at Nambuka a couple of years ago. That's also near my house. It was... Um... I live in Metal Central. <laughs> <laughs> it was really fun. There's a lot of good bands in the UK, and this is not only a way to... Um, you know, there's not only sort of a prize that you might be able to play Bloodstock. It's also a way of playing lots of shows, getting people in to support you, meeting other bands that you can... Tour with, and it's just that kind of community thing, isn't it? It's really nice to celebrate what we've got in the UK and else, you know. And like I said, there's been some global heats too. It's really nice to just support what we've got and for other people to come and show up for that and support each other. I completely agree.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jack Hawkins asks Are there any bands that you loved when you were younger but can't get into them now? We're from the new metal generation now, so this is a, a lot of people might be assuming we've got quite a lot to say on this, but.
1: Well, Hoopersdank played for the other day with Buckcherry. Um, I didn't go. Fuck me, okay. I didn't go um, <laughs> because I was busy. That was the same night as Behemoth, I think, actually. But when I. I would have
0: judged her if you'd said to an of Behemoth, I've got to say. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have
1: done. But I, you know, I'd go.
0: Just joking if you're a Buckcherry. I'd, I'd go if
1: it was a thing that was happening and I didn't have anything else on and I wanted a good time because both those bands you could have a good time too.
0: Yes, to their one songs.
1: But that's what I was going to say, like, who was saying had Crawling in the Dark and The Reason and I could not tell you any of their other songs. So no. there were bands when I was younger where I was like, oh, I really love this band because I heard a couple of songs and then could never get into the rest of it because it wasn't good. Definitely. So that's not really answering the question, but there's definitely a few me- new metal bands that that happens with. Like Soil as well, like Halo yeah. was a great song, but then you kind of dig further into Soil and I'm like, oh, do I really like Soil or do I just like Halo?
0: Well, I went and got all their albums, so I've got, like... I, I mean, I, I used to sit and listen to their Union Underground album. I can still think of a couple of songs on it. I it liked that happened. album. yeah.
1: But you're gonna think
0: you'll think of turning on Mr. Something Dead about Man. a chosen one is coming back <laughs> to me. I remember that one. No, 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 no. But yeah, um, uh, yeah. But the, the new, I think New Metal was basically the greatest one-hit wonder uh, generation that Metal had because you drop any of those songs like Crawling in the Dark, Halo, Turn Me On, Mr. Dead Man, um, Edema, the way you like it, that's Giving In as one. well. Who's that? By? Edema. Oh, you know another Edema song. That's <laughs> a great song. I don't even know what that is.
1: I'm giving it to you. No, I don't know Why did you make me sing that?
0: Because well I had to sing it. <laughs> I've, so, yeah, I've got I had these... a Dima Cassette tape of oh, wow. limited
1: edition, it came in a cigarette packet.
0: <laughs> how how edgy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I mean I, I used to I, I've got I had quite a fruitful period of going and basically hearing a song or seeing a video on uh, music channels and then Going and picking up the album and thinking at yeah, the time, yeah. this album's really good. And then once I actually delved properly into metal, I kind of went, rrr, 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 and now I've just got like Drowning porn and Soil albums just rotting in my CD collection somewhere. El <laughs> oh, no. Nino as well, I've got that album. The one Ooh, that had God Save Us. Is it that one? The one that's got God Save Us on it. God Save, save Us. All. Something like that. No. No, it had that bit in it, didn't it? Like yeah. towards
1: the end? Uh, maybe. Why I am not want
0: to see How the pressure oh. is breaking down on me That one I like Oh take one is <laughs> mine
1: I like Everything that is real Oh my god around.
0: This is seriously It's like new metal karaoke now so yeah, that's that's mine. Um,
1: this is awful, isn't it?
0: But I would still make a mega mix of all those. And to be honest, if you've ever happened to have been unlucky enough to have been at a club that I have DJed, you probably would have heard at least eight of those songs. I love all those
1: songs. <laughs> I love all the new metal one hit wonders, and I will fight for them. Yeah,
0: definitely. definitely, definitely. Bangers for days, as the kids don't say. This don't next think question. think about this?
1: That's, so yeah.
0: Well, let's ask it and then let's dissect the question because it's a bit mean spirited and I'm not sure. It's a bit. I'm not sure about it.
1: Zach Wells asks, "What's the chaviest song he like?"
0: So, on one hand, I was going to say this is a bit of a mean spirited question. It's a bit. I mean, if you were, if you've ever grown up as a metalhead, you've probably been picked on by s- certain people that dressed a certain way and called you certain things. Like in my school, it was rocky everyone be like, oh, Rocky. fucking Rocky! And yeah, that's what I got That's a chocolate called. bar. It is, and a damn good one, but that's not what did they Do they still meant. exist? Yeah, they do. <laughs> but that's what I got called. Or it'd be like Grunge or Grebo and. Well, I'm from say the north,
1: and you weren't called. It wasn't a chav. You didn't say chavs, you said scallies. And people right. who liked metal We used to mo- say
0: kebs at my school as well. What does that mean? I don't know, just Kevs, like Kevin's. People, yeah, none of them were called Kevin. No, it was like
1: scallies, them. and then people who like metal are called moshers. There was no grebo. I didn't hear grebo until I moved here. Yeah,
0: so uh, so I kind of get why in metal culture there's a natural predisposition to using words like chav, but it's a little bit I don't know. Well, it's not it's, very It's a bit snobby.
1: Yeah, well, it, we all said it at the time because we all knew what it meant. I totally actually, did, yeah. did, I totally but did. But in, like, in, in past Chaz? years, we all re-examined it and got a bit like, ah, actually, it's just, like, a way to be a bit shitty to people. Yeah. Like you said, it's a bit snobby, isn't it's it? It's Looking down on people. Um, but then... But it was kind of skies and Metal. It was, as as yeah. You
0: know. If you've served, like them the war, if you served in the war, you know. <laughs> but... um. Then again I kind of thought, oh, I did used to love that song that went baby cakes, you just don't know, no. How I I drummed that song.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And there's no other way to describe that but super chappy. <laughs> I used to
1: my sister used to listen to some of those really bad garage songs. Like... Now, garage is wicked! See so this is the no, other thing was about some this question. No, I like though. I
0: genuinely love loads of music that Zach would probably call quite unquite chappy. And I'm not ashamed of it because I love dance music I and I love hip hop and I like grime. DJ
1: and like, like and MC. Neat do you remember that? Yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> A little bit of that. Little yeah. Little of that, yeah. <laughs> but she also had Of course. That, she also had the CD single of that song, "Sex on the Beach." Do you remember that song? What?
0: Come on, move your body. Sex
1: on the yeah. beach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we
0: got it We got it We got them. Exactly. Fuck. We are singing some shit on this podcast this
1: week. Uh, what's Travis' song I actually like? If you go with garage, I used to be really like. Craig David I had born to do this. yes it. of course, had of that course. Record. everyone had that record
0: and his comeback single with Big Nasty a couple of years ago was great as well see that's what I mean like I'm not really ashamed of liking all that stuff but I, I think Zach would probably describe that as chappy <laughs> I would not but uh, some people might so. I can't
1: think of anything else you would use that description for like to me when you if we're talking about that era Garage just comes to mind because that's yeah, kind of what, that's what people a, were listening to in, listen in charts to. and stuff and um, just like dance music mainstream dance music I mean I went to
0: Creamfields once and this was kind of dance music is like massive now and it's, it's always been big but now it's like it's huge in America you get um, most pop artists kind of incorporate dance music into their uh, you know that kind of soft house sound into their music now um, so festivals like Creamfields are just a totally different thing from what they were when I went but I went to Creamfields when uh, I was about 18 or something and it was pretty Larry <laughs>
1: if
0: I want of a better word um, but it's still good so above and beyond that was good fun you know? I don't
1: who they are they're
0: wicked but again also Zach might describe it as chabby. I don't know I don't know
1: so. Well, that was a nice reminiscence.
0: Yeah, just took everyone down memory lane there. I'm sure what you really wanted from this metal podcast was us to sing new metal and uh, Garrett songs back at you. So, well, That's another hard Cheers.
1: question. Scott Temple asks, favourite guitar solo? Mine is comfortably numb by Pink Floyd. That's really hard because, personally, I'm not a massive guitar solo person. I... Because I was thinking about this the other day. If I had to say what I like the most about heavy music... For me, I'm usually drawn to vocals and drumming, which maybe is not normal. Maybe it's not normal. Don't get me wrong, I obviously love guitars, but I've never really been like super duper into guitar solos or anything like that. I don't know why I said super duper, that was weird.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same, but then I thought about it and- Oh, I've chosen my Oh, go on then.
1: November Rain.
0: Oh yeah, of course, iconic. <laughs> I, quite, I was thinking of slash silos but um, yeah silos aren't they're not really the main thing I gravitate to in every music either I like riffs and I like um, sounds like a weird thing to say about metal but I love really good melody which is that's for me kind of what more. I meant about
1: vocals and actually obviously I do love riffs I was just completely ignoring a whole swathe of stuff that I love <laughs> of because course, thinking about silos I know you like
0: riffs That's oh, it's fine <laughs> but yeah I mean if you look at the original master and inventor of heavy metal Tony Homi, he, it obviously he knows how to lay down a wicked silo and I love the kind of I guess you could call it the solo over Die Young and when he goes off on one in there, and all that song. But um, to me, it's like his melodies that he layers in within all that like heavy riffage he lays down as well. I just love it. But that said, um, the song that kind of turned me on to, I guess, guitar music in the sense of being more than just, you know, writing songs, but actually crafting a little bit of showmanship in it uh, was Randy Rhodes. Um, I picked up uh, the tribute album, the Aussie Live album, and it just fucking blew my mind. And this is before I'd even really properly got into Black Sabbath. Um, so the first time I heard a couple of Sabbath tracks was on that album as well. Uh, so I mean, most of the stuff he did with Ozzy uh, and the solos within that I love, but the solo on Mr Crowley is obviously an absolute classic. It fades out at the end, but it, it's it's even better on the Live World on Tribute because it just ends with this big like bit. I love that. Um, again, Aussie uh, really knew how to pick guitarists, didn't he? Because uh, Zach Wilde's work on um, uh, "No Rest for the Wicked," uh, I know "No More Tears" is the one the Zach Wilde album people talk about, but I actually prefer "No Rest for the Wicked." I think the side one on that and the, just the speed that he um, flies off on is just amazing. Uh, I love uh, the Kirk noodling over the end of "Fate of Black, which is my favorite Metallica song, um, and obviously Maiden, just in general, just everything they've got. Uh, half their songs have about ten solos in nowadays, so pick your favorite really. Oh look, it's a question related to what I was just gabbing on about.
1: <laughs> Mitchell Ackman asks, "Is Ozzy's solo career bigger than Black Sabbath's?"
0: Hmm, <laughs> what do you think?
1: I just say yeah. Depends no what you count the solo because career. I'm talk. I guess I'm thinking about like what is worldwide recognition. And I think people worldwide would recognise Black Sabbath songs more than they'd recognise Aussie songs.
0: I would agree. Mate, Crazy Train versus Paranoid, isn't it? That's quite close. But I would say more people know who Aussie Osbourne is than know who Black Sabbath are. Mm. If, if we're talking about
1: name Aussie recognition, Aussie versus if we're talking
0: about albums. That's quite close. Yeah.
1: So you think maybe name recognition, Aussie is bigger, but on Definitely. terms of songs, Black Sabbath is bigger. Because
0: realistically, is anybody going to know who Black Sabbath is and doesn't know who Aussie are? But I'm pretty sure plenty of people will know of who Aussie is but yeah. haven't heard of Sabbath because he's a celebrity. Yeah. I mean... And because of the Osbournes.
1: I was going to say, it all kind of came out of the Osbournes, really. If you hadn't heard Black Sabbath then, you certainly knew who Aussie was, at least, even if you weren't really sure where he came from. Yeah.
0: I think... Oh, I don't know. And the thing is, Aussie solo as well was massive in the US. You know, you think he'd spent all that time taking Ozfest around, uh, around the States. Um, at a time when Sabbath were in a bit of a malaise. You know, he didn't really know, know what was going on there. Um, Aussie just got bigger and bigger and bigger and... Oh, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't really know. I feel like before Sabbath had that big reunion in 2011, which they then carried up till the recent disbanding, I feel like at that point, Ozzy's name was almost bigger. But then because Sabbath had been out of the game for a little bit and there was such a big deal was being made out of the fact Sabbath were coming back and doing an album, I think that kind of made Sabbath a bigger deal for a little while. Um, but yeah, it depends. I don't know. I definitely think Ozzy's more famous than Sabbath though. I name. think Sabbath's songs
1: more well known. Well, wow. call it a
0: score draw. <laughs> Uh, Adam asks I've got the absolute definite answer for this I reckon What's the most metal kids TV theme?
1: What if we're going to say the same thing? Should we both write it down and share it? Or we could just say it Okay (laughs) (laughs) I thought we could do a reveal Well the one that comes to mind straight away Which I don't know actually how metal it is Thinking about it But I was just thinking about the raccoons What? It's not a metal song but like It's a (laughs) very
0: You mean you can run with us
1: Yeah so it's not fucking like Fucking tune, but it's like, line. yeah, but that programme with Cyril Snir, it sort of has an edge to it.
0: Oh, so that was like the closing theme, I kind of feel like that was a thing.
1: Fine, theme. I've had no time to think about this, you do yours and I'll think about it. The correct
0: answer is the Power Rangers theme, the original Power Rangers theme.
1: I don't theme. know how that goes. Go, go, Power Rangers! Oh, that theme, Yeah. Yeah.
0: But if you listen that's to, that's not metal. It's a it's a thrash song. I I'm not going to play it on air because I don't think we're allowed. But I'll play it to you after. The, it's a thrash song, mate. It's like and, and it was written by Buckethead. Fine. So it's it's metal as fuck. It's got a so it's literally got a guitar solo in the opening like thirty seconds. And uh, to me,
1: I always think about it as being like poppy and a bit bleepy. No. Yeah but it was a riff, it was
0: played with a guitar. I'll play it to you afterwards. Go and listen to the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers uh, theme song because that is a thrash song. Uh, Honourable shout-outs to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Because that's a big riffy song as well. I mean, most of the late 80s, early 90s stuff was pretty metal.
1: Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Yeah, I remember that.
0: Killer Tomatoes, Tomatoes. It was
1: Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: I just sang it wrong. Yeah, that was pretty metal. I don't know why
1: we're doing so much singing. I'm not not in good shape today. You didn't didn't
0: sign up for this. You didn't deserve this. Um, This is not me
1: in my best form.
0: What else? Yeah, I think just Power Rangers and Ninja Turtles is pretty much. Well, I'm having
1: Attack really. of the Killer Tomatoes, so whatever.
0: Tomatoes, really? What? was to tomatoes say. in the program. Yeah, true.
1: What about the Demon Headmaster?
0: No, <laughs> I don't think they even had a guitar in it. It was
1: spooky. Count killer was
0: quite metal. Duckula <laughs> actually it was kind of more like funky soli. Uh, oh, I feel
1: like I need some more time.
0: Well. That's, I don't think you'll do better than Power Rangers so there that's everyone's homework for this week I listen to the Power Rangers theme this is the full extended version which I definitely haven't done loads over the last 20 years I'm like a sad loser that is it for the Metal Hammer podcast this week uh, thank you everybody for listening don't forget to go pick up the latest and greatest some might say issue of Metal Hammer uh, we go through the 50 greatest albums ever made as picked by our all-star panel uh, because we're celebrating 50 years of metal this year 1969 was the ground zero for heavy metal coming together so we're going to be be celebrating across the course of the year five whole fucking decades of the greatest genre in the world ever and it all starts in the current issue out now so go pick it up Uh, we'll be back next week in the meantime don't forget to rate us on iTunes um, and all of that business and Acast as well because it does help every little, as (laughs) Tesco once kind of said (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we'll see you next week I guess Yeah. Bye.